Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Leviticus 8 through 10. Do you want God to be glorified in your life? I sure hope so. And that should be something that you pray for often. But as you pray for that, let me just suggest, be specific in how you pray for God to be glorified in and through your life. After all, let's just go back to the book we read before Leviticus, to the example of Pharaoh. God raised up Pharaoh for his glory. Not in a way you probably want God to be glorified in your life. Because of Pharaoh's hardness of heart, God was glorified in the the power he showed over the Egyptians and the victory that he won over Pharaoh. God was glorified in that. So, Pharaoh was glorified, or God was glorified in the life of Pharaoh. But I'm guessing that's not how you want God to be glorified in your life. We're going to see another compelling contrast to that, uh, that that shows that today in our reading. We're going to see basically fire come down from God two separate times. And what we're going to see is one of those times seems very positive. Uh, The other time, not so much. And so if you want God to be glorified in your life, well, one thing I'm just going to say up front, I I doubt that's going to happen through fire falling from heaven and consuming something. Uh, But you do want God to be glorified in your life and you want God to be glorified in your life because of your holy and consecrated commitment to his will. That's why you want God to be glorified in your life. You don't want God to be glorified in your life because he uses you as a warning for others because of your rebellion and sin. So let's look at these contrasts and really what we're going to see the first example, the positive example in chapters eight and nine, and it begins with the consecration of Aaron and his sons. And this will take us back to some of the things we've seen earlier in Leviticus or in the later part of Exodus, because now the priests are being consecrated. And one thing you'll notice even in the early verses is they they do things as the Lord commanded them. And you see, then they offer offerings, which Aaron and his sons, you see this in verse 14 of chapter 8, you see it again in verse 18, you see it mentioned in verse 22, where Aaron and his sons, they lay their hands on the head of an animal that is about to be sacrificed. And that shows really a sense of identification there uh, with the animal. And then you see in verse 15, and he killed it and Moses took the blood, took the blood of this bull that Aaron and his sons had laid their hands on and with his finger, put it on the horns of the altar around it and purified the altar and poured out the blood at the base of the altar and consecrated it to make atonement for it. So one thing that is needed here uh, in the tabernacle and for Aaron and his sons is there needs to be atonement. And that's a good reminder for us. We should see biblically some parallel between ourselves and Aaron and his sons. We are not Levites, but 
we are a kind of priesthood now as New Testament believers that, that are meant to point people to God. And to be that kind of priest now, guess what we need? We need atonement. And that atonement is not going to come through laying our hands on a bull or a ram. It's going to come through our identifying with Christ, our saying, Christ is my sacrifice. I have put my faith in him as my savior. He is the source of the atonement that I need. In a word, Aaron and his sons needed to be sanctified. Now, that's kind of a big word, a church word. It basically means they needed to be set apart. And that's what you need to be if you want God to be glorified in your life in this positive kind of way. You need to be set apart. Now, one way that we are kind of more positionally set apart is through faith in Christ. Once your faith is in Christ, you are set apart. You are now one of his people. You are now a part of this priesthood of believers because of the atonement that you have in Christ. But we also think of sanctification in a more progressive way, because although you are positionally set apart in Christ, well, are you perfectly Christ-like yet? No, you're not. But what we want to see is progressive sanctification, that the more you grow in Christ, the longer you are a Christian, the more practically your life gets set apart from your old life. And there's some things in this consecration ceremony that symbolize that too. Again, it throws us back to the book of Exodus, but verse 23 of chapter 8, where Moses takes some of the blood of this ram of ordination and he puts it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear, the thumb of his right hand, and the big toe of his right foot. We want to be people who hear God's word. We want to be people that do with our hands God's work. And we want to be people that walk with our feet in God's way. That's a kind of practical sanctification that you should want to live out in your life. Hearing God's word, doing God's work, walking in God's way. If you want God to be glorified in your life, those should be things that you are seeking. Now, God shows that he is pleased with Aaron and his sons and what they have done, because then in chapter 9, they go on, and this is after eight days, so there was kind of a week set aside for the consecration of Aaron and his sons. And this is a big deal because this kind of priesthood and the tabernacle and these sacrifices, they're all new. Um, there's clearly some evidence of, of sacrifice and altars before in the scripture, but this now is codified in a new way with this nation of Israel that has, in a sense, been redeemed out of Egypt and has now made a new covenant, this Mosaic covenant, with the Lord. And so this is a new and fresh thing. And so Aaron and his sons are consecrated, and then they go and they uh, now offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. Uh, because chapter 9, verse 1, on the eighth day, Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said to Aaron, take for yourself a bull, call a bull calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering, both without blemish and offer them before the Lord and say to the people of Israel, take a male goat for a sin offering and a calf and a lamb, both a year old without blemish for a burnt offering. And it goes on with more so that the people now were to offer these sacrifices. And so they go and they do um, what has been commanded. That's another phrase you will see as the Lord had commanded, verse 7, as the Lord commanded Moses, verse 10, and so on. You see these 
uh, these words re- repeated. And so then when this happens in verse 23, and Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting and when they came out, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Now, like I've said, you should not expect some glory cloud to appear in your life or fire to come down from heaven, but you should desire, in effect, if people come into contact with you or if people show up at your church, they get a sense, well, God is here. God is working here and they will glorify God because of that. They will see something that God is doing and they will honor God because of that and hopefully become followers of God because of that. So that's how you want your life to glorify God. Now we get to chapter 10. This is not how you want your life to glorify God because Nadab and Abihu, God is glorified in what happens to them, but he's glorified really in a matter of judgment and in a matter of warning to others. Don't do this. And I don't think that's what we should be desiring for our lives. We see it right there in the first verse of chapter 10. Now, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Or it could be translated strange fire. They do something that is not authorized. They do something that God does not want. Now, it doesn't give us all the exact details of what they did. It just tells us it was unauthorized and it was not what God had commanded. So what happens? Well, we see fire again and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them. So not the sacrifice. It consumed them and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. So God was glorified through Nadab and Abihu, but not in the way that any of us should desire for our own lives. And this should be a warning to us about the seriousness of of sin and the seriousness of holiness. God is not messing around and we should not seek to mess around with God. We should not seek to mess around with with ministry. God takes this very seriously and so should we. We should seek in our lives and in whatever calling God has called us to, to honor God in a sanctified and consecrated way. That's the main takeaway I want you to get from the reading today. That's what I want you to pray about. That's what I want you to think about in your life. God, am I serving you in a sanctified way? Am I hearing your word, doing your work, walking in your way? That is what I want to do. As we go through the chapter, one thing that comes up that's interesting, a lot of Bible commentators will wonder, is there a connection here? Because after this happens, um, In verse 8, the Lord said to Moses, drink no wine or strong drink, you or your sons with you, when you go into the tent of meeting, lest you die. So it seems, it may be logical to say, maybe there was alcohol involved in Nadab and Abihu and this unauthorized fire before the Lord. Maybe they were in some way intoxicated. And that's where when you get into alcohol and 
a, a, a subject like that, that's an area where some Christians may disagree on, on exactly what they're going to do and, and how they're going to treat alcohol uh, in the Christian life. But one thing every Christian should acknowledge is there are dangers involved with, as it says here, wine and strong drink. And so there are, however you apply it to your life, there are warnings to be considered here uh, for us from this passage. We, we see something later. We know God takes things seriously, but God also, we see in Scripture, He looks at the heart. God is not just strict for strict's sake. God cares about our hearts because we see later in the chapter that Uh, Something else does not go according to plan. Some of the meat that is supposed to be eaten is not eaten. And I think if we understand, well, that that meat is supposed to be eaten kind of in a a celebratory sense uh, of this offering that is offered, and this is a feast for the priests to celebrate before God, and that doesn't happen. And I think Aaron actually makes a fair point when he says to Moses, Behold, today they have offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and yet such things as these, the, the death of Nahab and Abihu, have happened to me. If I had eaten the sin offering today, would the Lord have approved? And it seems to be a rhetorical question, implying, no. If I had gone through the motions of this celebration today, while my sons have died, I, I, I don't think God would have approved to that. And when Moses heard that, he approved. And there's some debate about what exactly that means, but I, I do think Aaron is making appeal to, to the heart. I, this was not what was going to happen today. And here we don't see fire come down and consume Aaron. We see Moses approving of what Aaron says here. But today, pray that God will be glorified in your life. And I pray that God is glorified through your consecrated living and holiness before him and not through God's judgment in your life. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.